0: Long History, the Southern United States in the 1500s, Part 10, Tuscaloosa in Alabama, dignified and feared. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Long History, this is Part 10 of the Southern United States in the 1500s. I hope you're all well and I'll just give a brief introduction for any new listeners. On Long History we take source documents from history and split them into 10 minute chunks. This document in particular describes an expedition from the mid-1500s to explore large parts of the southerly states of the United States, from Florida to Arkansas with most of the states in between being visited. The expedition was headed by a man called Hernando de Soto and it began in April 1538. The text we're using here was originally written in Portuguese by a man known as the Gentleman of Elvas. He took part in the whole expedition. Now in total there are 25 parts of this particular series and we've released 9 so far. I like to think they're all standalone episodes, so if you just want to dip in and out of them, feel free. But of course, if this whets your appetite and you want to go through all of them, then I'm sure they're just a few clicks away. And don't forget to subscribe to be informed of future releases. Now, in previous episodes, De Soto has established his reputation as an uncompromising man who will only do what he wants to do. So far in today's geographical terms, he's been through Florida, Georgia, he's explored some of Western South Carolina and North Carolina, he's gone through East Tennessee, and he's now towards the tri-state border of Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. On his travels, he's come across many local groups of people, often capturing their leaders, called caciques in this document, in order to ensure a safe passage through their lands. As this episode begins, DeSoto Soto is in a place called Cosa. He will enter today's Alabama, eventually meeting another leader called Tuscaloosa. However, de Soto's increasingly poor reputation with the local people has gone on before him. So here we go with the Southern United States in the 1500s, Port 10, Tuscaloosa in Alabama, dignified and feared. Chapter 17, of how the governor went from Corsa to Tuscaloosa. The governor rested in Corsa 25 days. On Friday, the 20th of August, he set out in quest of a province called Tascalusa, taking with him the cacique of Cosa. The first day, he went through Tayimuchase, a great town without inhabitants, halting to sleep half a league beyond, near a river bank. The following day, he came to Itawa, a town subject to Cosa. He was detained six days because of a river nearby that was then swollen, so soon as it could be crossed, he took up his march and went towards Uibahali. Ten or twelve chiefs came to him on the road, from the cacique of that province, tendering his service, bearing bows and arrows and wearing bunches of feathers. The governor, having arrived at the town with a dozen cavalry and several of his guard, he left them at the distance of a crossbow shot and entered the town. He found all the Indians with their weapons and, according to their ways, it appeared to him in readiness for action. He understood afterwards that they had determined to wrest the cacique of Cosa from his power should that chief have called on them. The place was enclosed. and and nearby ran a small stream. The fence, which was like that seen afterwards to other towns, was of large timber, sunk deep and firmly into the earth, having many long poles the size of the arm, placed crosswise to nearly the height of a lance, with embrasures and coated with mud inside and out, having loopholes for archery. The governor ordered all his men to enter the town. The cacique, who at that moment was at a town on the opposite shore, was sent for, and he came at once. After some words between him and the governor, proffering mutual service, he gave the tamemes that were requisite, and thirty women as slaves. Manzano, a native of Salamanca, of noble ancestry, having strayed off in search of the graves, which are good here and plenty, was lost. The Christians left, and that day they arrived to sleep at a town subject to the lord of Uyibahali, and the next day they came to pass the night at the town of Tuasi, where the inhabitants gave the governor 30 women and the tamemes that were wanted. The amount of travel usually performed was five or six leagues a day passing through settled country, and when through deserts all the haste possible was made to avoid the want of maize. From Tuasi, passing through some town subject to the lord of the province of Taise, he journeyed five days, and arrived at the town the 18th day of September. Taise was large, situated by the side of a great river, other towns and many fields of maize being on the opposite shore, the country on both sides having the greatest abundance of grain. The inhabitants had gone off, the governor sent to call the cacique, who, having arrived, after an interchange of kind words and good promises, lent him forty men. A chief came to the governor in behalf of the cacique of Tastalusa and made the following address very powerful, virtuous and esteemed lord. The Grand Cacique of Tascaloosa, my master, sends me to salute you. He bids me to say that he is told how all, not without reason, are led captive by your perfections and power, that wheresoever lies your path you receive gifts and obedience, which he knows are all your due, and that he longs to see you as much as he could desire for the continuance of life. Thus. He sends me to offer you his person, his lands, his subjects, to say that wheresoever it shall please you to go through his territories, you will find service and obedience, friendship and peace. In requital of this wish to serve you, he asks that you so far favour him as to say when you will come, for that the sooner you do so, the greater will be the obligation, and to him the earlier pleasure the governor received and parted with the messenger graciously, giving him beads, which by the Indians are not much esteemed, and other articles that he should take them to his lord. He dismissed the cacique of Cosa that he might return to his country. He of Taise gave him the tamemes that were needed, and, having sojourned twenty days, the governor set out for Tastalusa. He slept the night at a large town called Casiste, and the next day, passing through another, arrived at a village in the province of Tastalusa, and the following night he rested in a wood, two leagues from the town where the cacique resided and where he was then present. He sent the master of the camp, Luis de Moscoso, with fifteen cavalry to inform him of his approach. The cacique was at home, in a piazza. Before his dwelling, on a high place, was spread a mat for him, upon which two cushions were placed, one above another, to which he went and sat down, the men placing themselves around, some way removed, so that an open circle was formed about him, the Indians of the highest rank being nearest to his person. One of them shaded him from the sun with a circular umbrella, spread wide, the size of a target, with a small stem, and having deerskin extended over cross sticks, quartered with red and white, which, at a distance, made it look of taffeta. The colours were so very perfect. It formed the standard of the chief, which he carried into battle. His appearance was full of dignity, he was tall of person, muscular, lean and symmetrical. He was the suzerain of many territories, and of a numerous people, being equally feared by his vassals and the neighbouring nations. The master of the camp, after he had spoken to him, advanced with his company, their steeds leaping from side to side, and at times towards the chief, when he, with great gravity and seemingly with indifference, now and then, would raise his eyes and look on as in contempt, the Governor approached him, but he made no movement to rise. He took him by the hand, and they went together to seat themselves on the bench that was in the piazza. The cacique addressed him with these words: "Powerful chief, your lordship is very welcome with the sight of you. I receive as great a pleasure and comfort as though you were an own brother whom I dearly loved. It is idle to use many words here." as it is not well to speak at length where a few may suffice. The greater the will, the more estimable the deed, and acts are the living witnesses of truth. You shall learn how strong and positive is my will, and how disinterested my inclination to serve you. The gifts you did me the favour to send, I esteem, in all their value, but most because they were yours, in what you will command me. The governor satisfied the chief with a few brief words of kindness. On leaving, he determined for certain reasons to take him along. The second day on the road he came to a town called Piace, a great river ran near, and the governor asked for canoes. The Indians said they had none, but that they could have rafts of cane and dried wood, whereon they might readily enough go over, which they diligently set about making and soon completed. They managed them, and the water being calm, the governor and his men easily crossed. From the port of Espiritu Santo palache a march of about a hundred leagues, the course was west. From Apalache to Cutifachiki, which may be four hundred and thirty leagues, it was northeast. From thence to Huaya, two hundred and fifty leagues it was towards the north, and thence to Tastalusa, which may be some other two hundred and fifty leagues. One hundred and ninety of them were towards the west, going to the province of Cosa, and the sixty southwardly, in going thence to Tastalusa. After crossing the river of Piace, a Christian having gone to look after a woman gotten away from him, he had been either captured or killed by the natives, and the governor pressed the chief to tell him what had been done, threatening that should the man not appear, he would never release him. The cacique sent an Indian thence to Mauia, the town of a chief, his vassal, whither they were going, stating that he sent to give him notice that he should have provisions in readiness and Indians for loads, but which as afterwards appeared, was a message for him to get together there all the warriors in his country. The governor marched three days, the last one of them continually through an inhabited region. Arriving on Monday, the 18th day of October, at Mauiya. he rode forward in the vanguard with 15 cavalry and 30 infantry. When a Christian he had sent with a message to the cacique three or four days before, with orders not to be gone long, and to discover the temper of the Indians, came out from the town and reported that they appeared to him to be making preparation, for that while he was present many weapons were brought, and many people came into the town and work had gone on rapidly to strengthen the palisade. Luis de Moscoso said that since the Indians were so evil disposed, it would be better to stop in the woods, to which the governor answered that he was impatient of sleeping out and that he would lodge in the town. Arriving near, the chief came out to receive him, with many Indians singing and playing on flutes, and after tendering his services, gave him three cloaks of martin skins. The governor entered the town with the caciques, seven or eight men of his guard, and three or four cavalry, who had dismounted to accompany them, and they seated themselves in a piazza. The cacique of Tascalusa asked the governor to allow him to remain there, and not to weary him any more with walking. But, finding that was not to be permitted, he changed his plan and under pretext of speaking with some of the chiefs, he got up from where he sat by the side of the governor, and entered a house where there were many Indians with their bows and arrows. The governor, finding that he did not return, called to him, to which the cacique answered that he would not come out, nor would he leave that town, that if the governor wished to go in peace, he should quit at once, and not persist in carrying him away by force from his country and its dependencies.' There is a change in this episode. The towns that De Soto comes across in today's central Alabama are fenced with a palisade which has been strengthened. The towns are fortified, ready for conflict and the leader here is described as full of dignity. He was tall of person, muscular, lean and symmetrical. There is a sense that Tuscaloosa has been warned of De Soto's arrival. That any welcome is begrudging at best. It's clear that he has decided that he is not going to be captured and held hostage like the leaders before him. The episode ends with Tuscaloosa's challenge to De Soto, and in the next episode, De Soto will respond violently. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode. Please don't forget to give it a like, and subscribe to be informed of the release of the remaining parts of this series. If you can't wait until then, don't forget there's lots to explore on Long History. We've got Columbus's first journey across the Atlantic, Magellan's voyage around the world. We've got details on early colonies on the Philippines, lots and lots to explore. In the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode 10 of The Southern United States in the 1500s Tuscaloosa in Alabama Dignified and Feared Goodbye